Okay, let's say it. The Word of God is truth. And if I live the Word, I will be blessed. And if I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Tell your neighbor, it is just that simple. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to the uh, uh, book of Psalms. Uh, We're going to be reading in chapter 37. I want to paraphrase all of this for you in just a moment, the message tonight. Let's give Megan a hand, Megan Wilson. She did a great job along with all of the workers and and the helpers. And uh, one of you have a child that I took over to Children's Church tonight. I think it's you all the way back on the back. Forgive me for lying to your child. They were in here for the adult service. I said, oh, my goodness, they got candy, popcorn, Cracker Jack, live animals over there in the children's ministry. So when he comes back, said, that pastor lied to me. <laughs> there is such a thing as a movie called The Good Lie. How many of you have seen it? <laughs> Two of you. The Good Lie. We're going to bring it here either to show in our church or to do it at the, one of the theaters here, depending on the cost factors and what the Lord wants us to do. The Good Lie is a story about the South Sudan and about the uh, uh, lost boys of the South Sudan. And I've seen that movie. It's a fantastic, fantastic movie. So lest you go out of here and say there is no good lie, once you see this movie, you will see that there is a good lie based on what Reese Witherspoon is doing in the South Sudan. She's making a difference along with other people over there. So anyway, we are glad to see you tonight in the house of the Lord. I want to share this message with you from my heart, kind of an overview. But we live in a day and age today where if we aren't careful, we can look at everything in the world that seems to be going wrong We can become very concerned. Uh, We should be concerned, but we don't want to lose our joy. We don't want to lose the fruit of the Spirit. We don't want to lose our focus upon Jesus. We want to make sure that we are believing what the Word of God said, that we have the victory. As a matter of fact, let's say I have the victory. Marie, you're leaving in two weeks. Is that correct? I want to make sure I get that correct. Pardon? When is your last Sunday service here? This Sunday? No, no. your husband said it's not this Sunday. When is your last service here? Your, this is your last Sunday, and then Keith is coming later to St. Petersburg. Where are you going? Fort Lauderdale, other part of the state. Now we have a place on that part of the... Uh, we have Orlando covered. We've got a place to stay down there with the Endicotts. We have Ed Ward and his family in St. Petersburg. Now we've got Fort Lauderdale. Glory to God. We are, we are covering. We need somebody. No, we don't want anybody else to. Well, somebody needs to go to Miami. I, I love to go back to Miami. <laughs> well, anyway, we want to make sure we pray for you, Marie. It's going to be a great time. But we need to keep our focus where it belongs, that if you're here and you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are righteous. And God has prepared an eternal destination for you, and he wants to bless you while we're here on this earth. And as much as we love the nation of America, America is in great peril, just as England is in great peril, just as all of the nations of the world are in great peril, and as nations of the world continue to turn against Israel, their days will be numbered for their prosperity, and God's going to weigh in on this. So what we need to do 
is really stand and pray for America, but also to believe that we live in a spiritual climate of this world, serving a God who loves us, who wants the very best for us, who wants to give us the abundant life, like Jesus said, I've come to give you life and give it more abundantly. And the devil wants to get our focus upon all of the problems. We don't want to go to sleep and ignore the challenges. We want to identify what they are and do something about it and release our spiritual authority. But we don't want that to cause us to be concerned overly to the point that we would miss what God has for us. Turn to your neighbor and say, I think I know what he said. Okay, so we do want to be concerned. Now, I want to share just a couple of things with you that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus based on what Jesus has done for us. America, as we once knew America, has changed. How many of you would say amen to that? And I'm going to encourage all of you, this is not a political message, but I do believe that the church should be involved in our government, not politically from the standpoint of parties and all that stuff, but in our government. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. When the righteousness are not in authority, the people don't rejoice. We've had too many unrighteous people in authority in this nation. We need to throw them all out and get righteous men and women of God in that nation, in this Christian nation. But Senator Donnelly is a key player in the state of Indiana in how he has recently voted regarding defunding Planned Parenthood from the standpoint of abortions on demand and what's going on in this nation. There were only two senators, two Democratic senators, who voted to defund or to bring up the defunding of Planned Parenthood that gets a half of a million No. Yeah. Yeah. Half a million. A billion. Half a billion. They get five hundred million dollars a year. Basically, much of that money is used to perform abortions on demand across this nation. Now, if you're aware of this, they have uncovered the fact that Planned Parenthood is selling body parts of these babies. They call them a fetus. We call it a baby that was aborted. And they're selling these body parts. Now, the church should not go to sleep. It's that we don't talk about that. I think you ought to go on the Internet and view it and watch it. And you can see the body parts being counted out and being sold. This is happening in the United States of America, and it is a tragedy, and it is an abomination before Almighty God. It is the spirit of Malik. It is the spirit of the Antichrist. And I don't care what any government official says, including the President of the United States, we declare it null and void. No one should be funded to cut up body parts of infant children. No one should. Now, Senator Donnelly is only one of two senators who voted to bring that to a vote because he believed that what Planned Parenthood was doing was wrong. Only two Democratic senators voted for that. He is now being inundated with all sorts of threats and everything coming his way. And his information is on the screen up here. 
I believe all of you need to call them. I, need, I believe you need to encourage them. I need, believe you need to write that number down and call up and just say, I want to encourage Senator Donnelly. I believe that Planned Parenthood should not be selling body parts of murdered babies. And that is exactly what they are doing. If the body of Christ ever wakes up and takes control of this nation, this nation is going to go the right direction. And we need to understand that if we are a Christian who is Christ-centered, full of the Holy Spirit, we're going to live by the Word of God based on what the Word God of God says and not what some politician says is right or is wrong. And when we stand on the Word of God, we're going to see the power of God move in this great nation. Can you say amen to that? Now, concerning the Iran nuclear deal, you also need to talk to Senator Donnelly when you call in. We need to oppose the Iran nuclear deal as it currently exists. Whether you think part of it is right or part of it is wrong, the body of Christ needs to rise up. As the nuclear deal with Iran stands right now, they will have a nuclear weapon within 8 to 10 years with intercontinental ballistic missiles capable of reaching the United States of America. The politicians who negotiated this deal, including the President of the United States, has said this is the best deal we can get to prolong so that we can't be at... Now, now this this is my words, not his. So that we cannot be attacked by these weapons for at least 8 to 10 years. After 8 to 10 years, whatever happens, happens. How many of you would say that's a dumb deal? How many of you have ever played poker? That's a dumb deal. You need to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, little Kenny Rogers. You, you need to get out from a negotiating with a person who wants to blow you up. If a neighbor says he wants to blow you up, you need to take him at his word. Iran has horrible, demonic control in their ayatollah and in their nation as leadership. And we need to stand up. Now, why do I say to talk to Senator Donnelly? Because Senator Donnelly will be involved if the Senate and if the House of Representatives turn down this deal that has already been signed by the president or is going to be signed by the president, has already been accepted by the United Nations, then they will disapprove the deal, the Senate and the House. Now, you might say, well, wait, I thought I came to church. Folks, the church has not been involved in, in, in the running of governments for a long time. How many would say that? And we need to be involved. You know, what, what is it that, that people used to say? We don't talk about... what. Yeah, we don't talk about religion and politics. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That's exactly what we should be talking about. The Word of God and the political process of who is going to rule. This is a Christian nation where Christian men and women of God should be in authority. And the righteous rule and the people rejoice. So we are in a position where we need to make our voice known. In America today, we have 350 million people. Of 350 million people, I question this figure, but Barna has said that 70% of the United States claim to be Christians. I hope he's right. I don't see 70% of 350 million people walking around proclaiming Christianity, but we have 70% of this nation. What if 70% of 350 million people stood up and said, enough is enough, this is the way it's going to be? My goodness, we would have men and women of God in the White House. We'd have men and women of God in the Senate. We'd have men and women of God in the legislative body. And I believe we'd have men and women of God in the, on the the Supreme Court making right decisions instead of things that don't even make sense. So we need to encourage Senator Donnelly. 
A little political lesson here. When they, if the Senate and the House vote down this peace treaty, which I am praying they do, and I hope you are too, it will then be vetoed by the president. He's already said, I'm vetoing it. This deal is a deal that is a good deal for America and for the world. And when he vetoes it, it will come back, and they are going to have to override his veto with 60%. That means that Democrats have to join Republicans in order to veto this, and I believe that's exactly what needs to happen. Senator Donnelly is a good man. Senator Donnelly has been a friend to the nation of Israel, and I am believing that we need to show our support for him in this decision to stand against the leader of his party. Now, I don't want any of you to feel like you have to do this, but how many of you believe that would be a good idea? We need to defeat this deal, and we're going to stand up for it. The body of Christ doesn't have to be quiet any longer. Now, we're going to go to the book of Psalms, chapter 37, because when I read this uh, psalm and I, was pr- and I was praying about this, I thought about my wife, and my wife sometimes will say to me, Honey, settle down, settle down. She doesn't use the word chill out, but that's a word that I've, I've heard people use. I think that would probably be a word you would use. It's like, settle down. Don't shoot out the TV set. Don't to destroy it. It's not the problem. But I, sometimes I do get so frustrated. How many of you just sometimes just get frustrated, sometimes in sense at what I see? And it's like, where is the common sense? If you didn't even know the Bible, that you wouldn't do something like that back in the, in the 40s, right, Bill? Or 50s or 60s or 70s or 80s? Bill said, oh, are you alive in the 40s? Come on, Bill. Now, <laughs> now. <clears throat> I want to paraphrase some things to you, and then we're going to get into Psalms 37. God's promise to Abraham and and beyond was in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. You can just write the scriptures down. Genesis chapter 17, verses 6 through 7 said, All the nations of the earth will be blessed through you, and that all of the nations who bless you will be blessed by me. This is what God said, and that all of the nations that curse you will be cursed by me. So every nation that puts themselves in agreement with the Jewish people are going to be blessed by God. Every nation that comes against them is going to be cursed by God. England has been on decline for a long time. Right after the Second World War, England began to turn against Israel right, in 1948, and England has been on decline. America has had great prosperity because we were the first nation that recognized Israel. We have been a friend of Israel for every year that they have been a nation. We have helped them build their military. We've helped them economically in many areas and always, not always that we agree with every decision we make, but we believe they are God's people. In this church, we believe they are God's people. So if you bless God's people and God's chosen people, you're going to be blessed. Now, in Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 through 29, it says that through the seed, that we are the seed of Abraham through the righteousness of Jesus Christ, that we are grafted in to that, that we are of the seed of Abraham. So the Abrahamic covenant that was for the Jewish people, that is an everlasting covenant, and the blessings of God come through us, through the Son of God, Jesus Christ, but then we are the number one nation and people on the earth supporting the Jewish people. Does that make sense to you so far? Okay, turn your name and say, so far I'm with you. Now, are we righteous? Well, the Word of God says that through Jesus Christ, we have become righteous and that all of our sin has been forgiven us. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, therefore, that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and that all of our sins and all of our past have been taken away. So, therefore, 
We have a covenant with Almighty God that all of God's blessings belong to us and that we are going to be blessed while we are on this earth. Now, that takes us to Psalm 37. Are you ready? Everybody say, I'm ready. Now, when I read this, honey, I thought exactly about what you were saying to me not too long ago because it says, Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. Iniquity means immoral or grossly unfair behavior. Do not fret. Now, how many of you run around using the word fret? Can I see the hands of nobody? <laughs> Do you use that? Do you ever use that? Okay. All right. We got one hand going up. Do not fret. I think most of us would say, I don't even know what fret means. Now, maybe, maybe we do. But anyway, this is what fret means. To be incensed. Would you say I fit that category sometimes, Sonny? To be incensed, to grieve, to be angry, and to be hostile and blaze up inside. Yes, I think I recognize all of those. It's not in my wife. <laughs> now, what it says here, it goes on to tell us how we should be acting in this world that we live in. For they, talking about the workers of iniquity, They shall be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good and dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. I was sharing this with my wife the other day. Every time I begin to pray about the things that I see going wrong, not only in the world, but just in other situations that I'm praying about, I continually hear the same thing. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. How many of you hear that word a lot? Trust me. God wants us to trust him. Most of us want to take the matters in our own hands and do something to fix the problem. But sometimes that situation is out there and there's nothing specific we know to do other than to pray and to come into agreement with God. Turn to your neighbor and say, that may be enough. Then it goes on to say, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. How many of you have trouble doing that? Can I see your hands? Okay, let's all say, Lord, I repent. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret, there it is again, because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret, it only causes harm. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. Let's all say it. I'm waiting on the Lord. Tell that person next to you, I'm waiting on the Lord. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall be more. Indeed, you will look carefully for his place, but it shall be no more. But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. I received a call from someone just recently. And they were talking about, they were a position of authority, and I just don't want to reveal who they were. And they were explaining that how America had really put themselves in a very vulnerable position with God because of our position on marriage, because of our position on abortion, because of our position on a whole lot of things. And I told them, they were talking as if America's best days are gone. 
and that they're over. And I said, you know, I know what you say makes sense, but it doesn't register in my spirit. I don't believe God is finished with America. I believe God's going to turn this around. I believe the body of Christ is going to rise up. And I believe that there are still great days ahead for this great nation. His response was, I appreciate your optimism. I don't know if I share it. I understand that. I understand that for many people. But if we lose our optimism, if we lose our faith in God, if we lose our trust in God, where are we going to turn? My wife has said to me before, what are you going to do, just throw in the towel? No, I'm not going to throw in the towel. I'm going to keep that thing. But, but, but we... <laughs> might need to dry off. But, but, but we, we need to continue to believe for the very best. What do you feel God's will would be for America? I'm going to tell you exactly what God's will is. God's will is that we would turn from our evil way. God's will is that we would bless Israel. God's will is that we would come back with the sanctity of marriage. God's will is that we would stop murdering babies. God's will is that we would get rid of all of our debt and pay off our debt. God's will is that we would start to all go to church and read the Bible and teach our children the Word of God and put the Word of God back in our schools. That is God's will. So what we as a country need to do is come into agreement with what is God's will, even though it may cost you some friends, even though it may cost you some situations that become a little cantankerous. Right now, in our United States military, this does have a tendency to incense me. But they are telling all of our chaplains to stop using the name of Jesus and stop preaching on immorality regarding homosexuality. You cannot preach that anymore in the military as chaplains, or you will come up for not necessarily court-martial, but office hours and things like that that they have in the military. They are starting to suppress the Word of God in our military. They are starting to suppress it. They've already suppressed it in our schools. They've already suppressed it in many things because we don't want people to feel bad about themselves. Now, hear me correctly here. Turn to your name and tell them I love the pastor. What is wrong with feeling bad about yourself if you are engaged in sin? Wouldn't it be good if somebody told you you are engaged in sin and you should walk away from it so you can be blessed by God and that if you feel really bad about yourself in the process, is that a big deal? Does it really matter? When I was confronted with my sin and the goodness of God, I felt horrible about the things I had done. Can I see the hands of all the people? You felt horrible about what you did. You came face to face with the condemnation of the devil, the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and you felt horrible about what you've done. And then you gave it all to Jesus, and he cleansed you, and he set you free. We're living in a society where we don't want anybody to feel bad about anything about themselves, and whatever they do, we should accept it so they'll be okay. No, they're not okay. Remember the old book? How'd that go? What was I'm okay, you're okay. Pam ministered on that one time. I'm okay, you're okay. No, none of us are okay without Jesus. Turn to you and say, none of us are okay without Jesus. And when we get Jesus, then we love everybody, but you love a person enough to say, if you stand in that train track long enough, a train's going to run over you. I'm leaving, and I'd like to bring you with me. But if not, the train's going to run over you. How can you talk to me? 
me like that. It's very easy. I've been appointed as a watchman on the wall, and so have you. And a watchman on the wall warns people. Do all people adhere to the warning? No way. But their blood's not on your hand if you've warned them. But if you haven't warned them, the blood is on your hand, right out of the book of Ezekiel. And we live in a society today where we want everybody to, oh, come see, come saw, whatever you want to do is fine with me, no problem, do whatever you want to do. And then someday you will give an accountability for your life. And it's time to speak up, time to act up. Don't give up, speak up. I like that. You like that? Don't give up, speak up. Let's all say it. Don't give up, speak up. And then occasionally we can act up, right, honey? <clears throat> okay, now, it says in verse number 9, For evildoers shall be cut off. All the people bringing the evil, they're going to be cut off. But those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. So what are we going to do? We're going to wait. And then we wait. And how many of you are tired of waiting? I will raise my hand. <laughs> I'm tired of waiting. I want to see them all cut off right now. I want to see them all cut off and go on and get back to where we belong. For yet in a little while the wicked shall be no more. Indeed, you will look carefully for his place, and you'll not find it. But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Now, I love peace. We just came back from Florida. We were blessed to be able to go down there for a week, and it was just absolutely great. We had four days of total peace, and then the grandchildren came, right? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We love, Annabelle was one of them. We absolutely loved having the grandchildren down there. It, it, there was a difference in the quietness, but it was fun. <laughs> we, we, we found this cottage that was an adjoining cottage down there. And when we made the reservation, we found out that, uh, uh, that the other half of the cottage for four of the days we were there, was empty. And we thought, oh, wouldn't it be great to have the grandkids? And I told Pam, I said, there's going to be a definite difference in this cottage because it had adjoining doors that was there. And actually, I loved having, uh, it's, it's fun having the grandkids. And by the way, those of you that are here Sunday, I'm the world champion pig horse player on the basketball court. So I, I, I won't get into that. I reminded Carter that while I was cutting grass. You know what he did? <laughs> That's my, that's my little 14, 15-year-old grandson. 15-year-old, yeah. Pop can still take him on the basketball court. The wicked plots against the just. How many of you are seeing that? Have you ever felt like the good guy talking to somebody and, and you feel him plotting against you in the realm of the spirit? It says the wicked plots against the just. Wait, wait, I'm a good guy. I'm trying to tell you something that will help you. And gnashes at him with his teeth. The Lord laughs at him for he sees his day is coming. Basically, he's going to get his. The, the, the evil are going to get theirs. The wicked have drawn the sword and have bent their bow to cast down the poor and the needy to slay those who are of upright conduct. Their sword shall enter their own heart and their, bow, their abodes shall be broken. A little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of the wicked. For the arms of the wicked will be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. And let's all say this. I am righteous. Whatever you face in your life or in the life of this nation or as you are in this world, it says the Lord is going to uphold you. So let's all say it. The Lord is going to uphold me. We are on assignment from God. The Lord knows the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time, and in the days of famine, they shall be satisfied. Famine is starting to uh, uh, 
come back again into the South Sudan. Pastor Stanley is doing a great job over there, and thank God for Operation Joseph. Thank God for all of you who have given into that total outreach over there. And he shared with me today that God will take care of us. Whether it's famine or feast, God will take care of us. But the wicked shall perish, and the enemies of the Lord, like the splendor of the meadows, shall vanish into the smoke. They shall vanish away. How many of you believe that's God's word? We could appropriate that for America. The people who are in disagreement are uh, with us about America. This is a Christian nation. It was founded as a Christian nation. Our Supreme Court, our uh, early Supreme Court, ruled that this was a supreme that this was a Christian nation. We know where our original intent is. But if you don't know where your original intent is, you will listen to voices that are contrary to the Word of God. I encourage all of you. Get David's Barton, Barton's book, Original Intent. You can pick it up at the, car, at the uh, Barnes & Noble. But, but, but we need to train our children. We need to be trained. There's probably no one. There are some exceptions in this room. But I bet you there's no one in this room that's any more versed in the founding of the United States of America than David and Perpetua, our newest citizens. Give them a hand again. They had to learn about this nation. And uh, there's so much to learn when you say, wait a minute, that's not right. I need to do. Now, we're going to talk about what to do about it in just a moment, okay? Uh, Let's drop down to verse 25. I've been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging for bread. He is merciful and he lends and his descendants are blessed. Verse 30, the mouth of the righteous speaks wisdom and his tongue talks of justice. The law of his God is in his heart. None of the steps shall slide. The wicked watches the righteous and seeks to slay him. How many of you realize if you open your voice in the public forum, like I'm opening my voice right here to you, you will have all sorts of people come against you. Senator Donnelly is getting hate mail from all over the United States, Facebook and others and calls, because he dared to say that we need to examine Planned Parenthood to determine if they need to continue to receive $500 million a year and if they are selling body parts on the open market. And he is being slandered because of that. Does that make common sense to anybody? No, that is the wicked coming against him. When the wicked comes against those in authority who are making a stand of morality for Christ, then the body of Christ needs to rally around them, and they need to make a stand themselves. But sometimes we have a tendency to say, well, I, I, I don't want to get involved, and I don't want to upset anybody. Folks, we need to upend some people. Not only upset them, we need to upend them. You need to be a voice and you need to be able to speak. How many of you have ever been in a situation where you know what you probably should have said, but you didn't say it? Can I see your hands? I believe those days are coming to an end. I believe that we don't have to be mean. We don't have to be bitter. We certainly don't have to be fretful and angry, but we do have to speak up and say, you know what? That's not right. And I want to tell you what's right. And I'm going to tell you. And how they handle it is between them and Almighty God. But you need to be a voice for the Lord. The Lord will not leave him in his hand, nor condemn him when he is judged. Wait on the Lord, keep his way, and he shall exalt you to inherit the land. I want to read that again. Wait on the Lord and keep his way. What does that mean? It means do what God shows you to do by his spirit. When God shows you to speak, you should... That's a little, little slow, 
These are not trick questions. When God tells you to speak, you should. When God tells you to act, you should. When God tells you to go, you should. When God tells you to shut up, you should. <laughs> I could use that here, honey, but I know I can't use that at home. I just just felt good to use it. I, I have I have seen the wicked in great power and spread himself like a native green tree. Boy, I'll tell you what, when I read that today, it's like, oh, God, I see that. I don't want to continually see that. I want to see something else. <laughs> then he, I felt like the Lord said, then focus on something else. Yet he passed away, and behold, it was no more. Indeed, I sought him, but I could not find him. In other words, couldn't find the wickedness. Mark the blameless man, observe the upright, for the future of that man is peace. But the transgressors, the transgressors, how many believe we've got a lot of transgressors around? The transgressors shall be destroyed together, and the future of the wicked shall be cut off. But there's good news. Tell your neighbor, there's good news. We're coming into it. But the salvation of the righteous, everybody say, that's me. But the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength in time of trouble, and the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them. Why? Because they trust in him. Who do we trust? Let's all say, I trust in the Lord. Now, I want to share something with you, and I want to take a little survey if I could. What do we do about the situation that's in the world? What do we do about the situation that is in America? What do we do about the situation that is in our own life when the enemy comes to attack? Every single one of you either are under attack from the devil or you will be under attack from the devil. The devil walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may destroy individually, corporately, and as a nation. The devil would love to destroy the church. The devil would love to get prayer out of schools, which he has done. The, the, the devil loves to come against the Word of God. But yet, we have been given the power and the authority and the dominion. This is what I believe I have felt in my spirit. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 19, Jesus asked Peter, who do men, asked, asked the disciples that are with him, who do men say that I am? And Peter responded and said, you're the son of God. You're the son of God. He said, he said that, that that has been revealed to you by the spirit of my father. That's how you know that. And then he said that, that I am, that on this revelation, that this is the key, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And what you bind on earth will be bound in the heavenlies. And what you loose on earth will be loosed in the heavenlies. In other words, when binding and loosing becomes a way of life for what we see, binding evil, loosing good. Loosing the Word of God, speaking the Word of God. When you see things, you can shake your head and you can say, oh, that is wrong. Or you can enter into the realm of spirit by binding and loosing, binding the words. It was years ago, I'm sure I've shared that in this church before, when in Nigeria uh, 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 they had elected a new president. 
And the new president was of the Islamic faith. And Nigeria at that time had proclaimed that it was a Christian nation. And when the new president was elected, he went on television and said, Nigeria is no longer a Christian nation. Nigeria is an Islamic state. And Bensonita Hosa, I don't know how many of you know of Bensonita Hosa. He was a powerful man of God in Nigeria, planted church all over that area, used to come to Victory Christian Center on a, on a regular basis. He took time on the television networks throughout Nigeria, and he went on television and he said, I bind the words of the president of Nigeria. I declare them null and void. Nigeria is not an Islamic state. Nigeria is a Christian nation, and we declare his words null and void. The groundswell of the Christian community throughout Nigeria was so great that the pressure that came upon the president of Nigeria, he went on television and said, I rescind my order. We are not an Islamic state. Now, that was many, many, probably, what, 25 years ago, 20 years ago. We have a tendency, I think, in the body of Christ to hear things know they're not right, and just accept them and go on to the next thing instead of taking the time to bind what we hear. Does that make sense to all of you? In other words, I'm actually going to bind that with my words right now. I bind those words that were just spoken, and I loose the Word of God. I loose the power of God. You can't bind what you don't know, and you can't loose what you don't know. But if we would become a fighting force, now think about this just for a moment. I don't know what the percent of Americans are that are Christian. Like I said earlier, they say 70% of 350 million, that's 215, 220 million people. What if 220 million people rose up in the realm of the Spirit and said, I bind what the Supreme Court just did. I declare null and void. Marriage is between a man and a woman in America. I don't care what anybody else thinks. That's what God thinks, and that's all that matters. What would happen in the realm of the Spirit as that would all rise up and 220 million people came together and were speaking and voicing that instead of, did you hear what they did. Oh, my goodness. That's terrible. That's ter- And then people start to talk and talk and talk. I believe people talk too much and buy too little. Does that make sense? We need to understand what binding and loosing does. Keys represent authority. What Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 19 is, I'm giving you authority on this earth. And whatever you all bind is bound in the heavenlies. And whatever you all loose is loosed in the heavenlies. Our mouth... Our tongue, our words have the power of Almighty God. Jesus said, the works that I do, greater works that you will do, each and every one of you. And we have that power and we have that authority. Now, I'm going to paraphrase a couple of things here. But in in Matthew chapter 16, verse 21 through 23, Jesus just told Jesus exactly who he was. and, and, And the power of God was there on that scene. And then Jesus tells tells the disciples what's going to happen to him. And Peter basically tells Jesus, you don't know what you're talking about. And Jesus rebuked Peter and said, you don't know what spirit. Get behind me, Satan. This is the same guy who recognized him as the son of God. And now he's trying to correct him in saying something that isn't there. We are called. Now turn to your neighbor and say, this is going to be hard for you. Turn to him again and say, it's going to be hard for you. Turn to him again and says, it's going to be hard for you. How many of you like to be rebuked? I don't see hands. 
How many of you like to rebuke people? <laughs> oh, no, we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. No, we don't want to rebuke anybody. I mean, no, 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 no. Let a little Johnny drive the car. He's only eight, but he wants to drive it. <laughs> Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. It comes right after Second Timothy chapter 3 that basically is paraphrased like this. All hell is going to break loose throughout the world. Children are going to have problems. People are going to have problems. The whole world is going to be self-centered, narcissistic, and all they care about is themselves. There's going to be all sorts of problems, and the world's not going to care. But the body of Christ is going to be in charge. So the world's going to go their way, and the body of Christ will be in charge and be ready to do what needs to be done. And after saying all of that in, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, and I'd encourage all of you to read 2 Timothy chapter 3. Don't stay focused on it, but that's where the world is today. That's where the world is today. But in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, this is what it says. This is for you and me. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, and exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn away from the truth and be turned aside to fables, myth, fiction, New age. What will they rebuke? The truth of the Word of God. But we become instant in season to convince and, when needed, to rebuke. Because, as it says in the book of Ezekiel, that we are the watchmen on the wall, and that those that we warn and reach out to, their blood is not on our hands if they refuse to heed us. But if they heed us, they will be saved. Let's all stand. I believe that we are living in a time frame in this country that has great opportunity. And uh, I think it's time for the body of Christ to be activated, not just coming to church and hanging out with one another, how many of you realize, hopefully, the people you're hanging out with are okay? Uh, hopefully they are. Uh, and hopefully they think you're okay. But, you know, we need to reach out to people. And as I was praying about this today for the close, this thought came to me. That in our military, we have active duty people that are on the front. And they're trained for warfare. They're trained to do what they're trained to do. And they're active in the military. But then we have an entire contingency, a huge, huge military that's called inactive reserve. They don't, they don't do anything. They're just inactive. When I was in the military, I had six years total. Four years of it was active. Two years of it was inactive reserve. If 
a war ever broke out, Bill, you probably had something similar, I'm not sure, but if a war ever broke out, then you automatically would be called up because you were part of the inactive reserve, and, and that was a category for many, many people. I believe there are many people in the body of Christ, especially people that are older, but many people in the body of Christ, regardless of your age, who you're in an inactive reserve status. You haven't been vocal. You haven't really been out there with people as the Holy Spirit directed you because you didn't want to ruffle any feathers. But I believe it's it's time for the body of Christ, the active and the inactive, to become active and to be ready to convince, be able to rebuke, and to share the truth of the Word of God with a world and a nation that is going the wrong way. How many of you would say amen to that? Father, I pray tonight that this message would be received with a spirit of love that I believe you want us to receive. You want us to love. You want us to accept people right where they are. But you also want us, Lord, to be a force in this earth to share what Jesus shared. Lord, when Jesus came into the money changers in the temple, he didn't sit down with them and say, let's have a cup of coffee and let's try to resolve this. He destroyed their tables. He set the tables over. Lord, there's a time and a place that we must respond the way you are showing us to respond by your spirit. The, the body of Christ in America would be a dominant force if it would ever speak up. Give us wisdom to know how to implement your plan and your purpose to take back this nation. I want to share this scripture with you. It's 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways... And I've always thought about that scripture because he's talking about his people, not the evil people in the world. He's talking about his people. We are God's people on this earth. I believe that much of what we are experiencing in this nation and around the world is because the body of Christ went silent. They were not active politically. They were not active in our schools. They were not active in positions of authority in this nation. Not like when the nation was birthed. And that because of that, a void was filled by people who didn't know the Lord, who didn't have that relationship. But I believe it's never too late to do the right thing. Father, I pray that you would anoint us with the leading of your spirit to be able to hear your voice and to be able to do the right thing. While we're bowed in prayer, I want to ask you the most important question you'll ever answer. Do you know that if you died tonight, you would go to be with Jesus? If you're here and you'd say, Pastor, I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe you're like that prodigal child. You know you've walked away from the things of God. God loves you. God has a plan for your life, but he wants you to come home. And all over this church, if I've described you and you'd say, you know, that's that's me you've talked about, 
I, I know I'm not right with the Lord. I'm going to ask you to slip your hand in the air. We're going to pray for you. All over this church. Yes, I see your hand right here. Yes, I see your hand over here. Other Others, you say, pray for me. I, yes, I see your hand back there. Yes, yes, I see your hands over here. Yes, other others, you say, pray for me. I, I, I know my life is going the wrong direction. I know I've walked away from God. The good news is God loves you. God's got a plan for your life. All of you that lifted your hands, would you please come down to the altar? Give them a hand as they come all the way over here. This gentleman right there in the second row, this section, this section. Yeah, give them a hand. Keep applauding. This is what the church is all about. Men and women of God coming to the forefront to be served by Almighty God. Yes, hallelujah. Now let's give the Lord a hand. Yeah, let's praise God for Jesus. Stretch your hands out here toward these at this altar. I declare to you by the power of the Spirit of Almighty God, there is a plan and a purpose for your life that has never changed. As a young person, you had glimpses and pieces of it, but God has never changed his will for your life, and it's never too late. God's going to turn it around, and some of the most devastating situations you've ever been in in your life, God's going to strengthen you in that area, and you're going to do great and mighty exploits for Almighty God. Thelma, get some help, okay? Get some help for you. Stretch your hands out here toward these at this altar, and let's all make this confession right now. All of you, let this be your prayer. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins. I've sinned and I've made mistakes. But tonight, I acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. I ask you to come into my heart and take control of my life. The true desire of my heart is to serve you and to be all that you would have me to be. How many of you believe that's the will of God? Some of you 